Welcome back to the B team. To all of our listeners out there, happy new year, happy new decade. A lot's changed in two weeks here. We've all gone from being young, bright-eyed men to God only knows what now. All I can think of is that when it's the next decade, we'll all be 35, and I'm sure that for some reason, the Patriots will still be a good team. Lee, not Not to start off on that note, but how you guys doing? How is the break? How's life? Yeah, we can... uh... We don't have to start right on that note. I mean, it was a very nice break. Uh, I went skiing on the East Coast for the first time since high school, and it was pouring rain. And uh, one of my friends said, I guess this is why if you like skiing, you have to move. And uh, I agreed with him. I think I'm going to give it another try. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was dumping rain. Uh, it was great. Um, but, yeah, I moved into a new place in, in, uh, in Brooklyn. Um, still in Brooklyn. New York. Uh, it's really chill. Um, but yeah, just a great time and, and nothing really went wrong. So, you know, let's just talk about the good. That's great to hear, Lane. I'm glad you skied. Hashtag skied East Coast. I see there's a lot of bumper stickers that are like ski East Coast. So I'm really Yeah, I see those too. Yeah. Those are lit. Those are super lit. Mm-hmm. Um, and hashtag progressive. So I skied West Coast, which was a lot of fun. I finally tested out the other uh, pass, the Icon, and got some, you know, good groomers in at the other mountains. Really was rocking those groomers, so that was pretty dope. And the uh, playoff, the bowl season is, was great. I love bowl games. Bowl games are amazing. They're the best time of college football. Tons of fun. We had a great New Year's Day. There's the perfect way to spend New Year's Day after going out on New Year's Eve and just spend the day on the couch, watch all the games. The Rose Bowl was phenomenal this year. Uh, great matchup. It's really the only bowl that matters with the new, with the other, with the new format of the playoff, uh, which I think we're going to get into. But uh, expanding it out to eight eight teams seems like the necessary thing to do at this point. They didn't even sell out. Well, Pimo was in town in Denver for it. We were watching. They didn't even sell out. What was it? The Sugar Bowl was it like sixty percent capacity? Yeah, dude, I think I'm with you on that we should probably go to a eight-team playoff, but I don't know. I wouldn't mind being able to go to New Orleans for New Year's and go see the Sugar Bowl and have it be not full. You know, find a ticket for not that much money, go see two really good teams. I mean, that could be a fun thing to do next year. I don't know. Maybe next year it'll be the B team live from the Sugar Bowl. That's kind of the heights that we're hoping to hit this year, but – yeah, great day on the couch, Jerry. Just everything you could want from your New Year's Day, nonstop football, live bets, parlays, you name it. Uh, Jerry Von Betstein was really out in force that day, but thank goodness it worked out. Not really, Mom and Dad. Pima's totally kidding. Uh, That's what we've always called him for years. Yeah. What JVB. was it? Von Betstein? Jerry yep. Von Betstein, yep. JVB. Yeah. Uh, it was a really fun, fun day of football. Um, as I ponder and look ahead, it was also a lot of self-indulgence, you know, like the Michigan, Alabama game is all two great programs and but not a lot of players were playing from Alabama and Michigan is just pitiful. Um, 
And that, that citrus bowl, you know, you hear about it as a kid, like, oh, the citrus bowl used to be a big thing. I don't know. Every other bowl game has just lost its, its oomph as things have gone on uh, with the playoff, which is, I think the playoff's fun and exciting. But besides the Rose Bowl, and I guess what we're, we're going Sugar Bowl New Year's party next year, there's really not much excitement um, for the meaning for the grand scheme of feeling good about the your your season as a whole. Not to say the games weren't exciting themselves, but I mean like winning the Sugar Bowl or winning the Orange Bowl, like that used to be a big deal, how many BCS wins you had. And now I feel like it's just not as big a deal. I know for the teams and fans that are at the game, it matters, and I was enjoying watching. When you look back on your year, it's undercut because if you're not in the playoff, it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, it was really weird to see Saban throwing out oranges at the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. You could just tell he was like – I think in a speech he said something along the lines of, well, it was a good way for us to end a disappointing season. And that was all he needed to say. You know, there was probably a thousand Alabama fans who actually stayed to watch that trophy presentation. The only reason that we were watching that is because the Rose Bowl hadn't started yet. So we didn't, you know, have the ability to change streams or anything like that. Maybe should have thrown it over to the uh, Winter Classic, though, at that time. I think that was a bit of a mistake. That looked like that was a great game down in Dallas. I didn't even know they could have ice be outside for that long, but. We missed yeah, that's what I was mostly watching, and I started like to watch the bowl games because I they I guess the last you know last football of the season, but then I was going to the Winter Classic, and it was just such a good game. Dallas has an electric hockey scene, especially outdoors. It was awesome. They had country stars playing at halftime, and Dallas didn't score until like halfway through the second, and they just shot off like tons of fireworks. Dallas is a great great hockey town, and they have one of the best teams in the NHL this year. Um, they stomped the Predators, scored like four in a row. Um, but that was that was an awesome. And I saw on the on the bottom line that Michigan was winning at one point while I was watching the hockey game. And I was like, for a second, I was like, oh, shit. But then I was like, oh, wait, Alabama doesn't give a fuck about this game and probably has other backups in. And then I clicked over to it. And Alabama still pulled it out uh, pretty, uh, pretty easily. Huh, Jerry? Yeah, Michigan – I mean, Harbaugh is just – he just looks – very sad on the sidelines. First off, he has the most cords. He might not have the most wins, but he's the most cord length of any coach in college football. And he has like a cord boy who follows him around. I thought everything was wireless at this point. I don't know why Harbaugh has like two football fields worth of cords behind him and makes his poor kid hold all his cords for him. But I'm sure he, that guy loves being Jim Harbaugh's uh, cord boy. No doubt about it. Nonetheless, that was distracting. He's always bent over. He's like always his eyes are like trying to figure out what's going on, and then it never produces. Um, it's really bizarre. So I loved watching Saban at the end score the touchdown just to like rub it in. I mean, I didn't like it, but I was like, wow, he really hates Harbaugh. He has every reason to run out this clock and just take a knee, but instead he's getting another six. There's definitely a lot of hate there. I had a I bought a stupid T-shirt like five years ago when Harbaugh first came to town, and it said uh, "Saban irons Jim's khakis," and it had like a caricature of Saban ironing his khakis, and you that, it, it hasn't aged well. Do you still have it? I think I do. I think it's probably downstairs. I should start rocking that, like a Halloween yeah, where, costume. 
Yeah, you should wear that out. Wear it to Charlie's. Perfect. Just out of curiosity, what would your Halloween costume be if you were wearing that shirt? Like a fucking idiot? Is that what you would be going out as? The Halloween, yeah, I could do that. And then maybe put like um, a hat on that's, uh, you know, four more years of Clinton or something like that. You know, just this ulterior universe, the, the what if world. Right, you could get like a Reagan Bush '84 hat. I know that actually happened. No, well, that's, that's no, but, but if you're go, if you're going for the full idiot, no, I mean you might as well just just. Well, I mean, or like no, like reelect Clinton Kane 2020. Uh, yeah, something like that. Like yeah, a, like this alternative universe. Yeah, like Gore. Like Gore, yeah, like Gore '04. Gore '04. Yeah. Oh, Gore wow. '04. Oh, that they really missed out on winning in 2000. Yeah. Seriously. If the B team was in charge, different story. And I don't want to get into Joe Lieberman, but he had a wild op-ed in the New York – or in the Washington Post. Um, I don't want to veer too off on politics, folks, but as we sit here, we might have – hopefully we don't give you any breaking news that a war started. So keep that in your back pocket. Yeah, we try and not get too political on this podcast, but I'll be honest with you. These days, it's it's a little hard not to. We're going to refrain. We're going to give them oh what they want, but um, yeah. All we got to say, Clinton came. 2020. <laughs> well, speaking Clinton. of 2020, this year really started off with a bang with our favorite sport, NFL football. Um, obviously the elephant in the room is the end of the Patriots dynasty. I think we saved that for last. Um, honestly, there were two other games over the weekend that were three other games. I mean, that might've been the most boring out of all of the games. I didn't watch too much of the Seahawks Eagles game cause I was flying home for that. But, um, the bills Texans, man, they talk about how that game on ESPN tends to kind of be boring and just a bad game. I can think back a couple years ago when the Texans played the Raiders and the Raiders had Connor Cook as their starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I think we watched that in the um, – what was that bar up in Frisco? The Moose Jaw. Yeah, Moose Jaw yeah. Fridays. Yeah, Moose Jaw Thursdays. Yep, this was a Moose Jaw Saturday. We watched that game and – it was terrible, but this almost made up for every ESPN wildcard game they'd showed before that. Yeah, this whole weekend was one of the best that I've seen in recent memory. Um, that starting with the first game, the, the Bills was electric. Josh Allen was an electric factory by being both very talented and very stupid. Mm-hmm. And they really should have won that game. And, you know, it's that first drive, like when he, he caught a touchdown and scrambled for a 50-yard run, that was awesome. And then the end of the game when he lateraled it to nobody for no reason, and then he self-sacked himself 20 yards, take him out of field goal range, that was awesome. I need more Josh Allen in my life. I mean, the fact that he self-sacked himself, <laughs> then did it again, and then they somehow got the ball back and scored a f- – it was just like – I thought the game was over there for sure. That decision to go for it on fourth and one from Bill O'Brien was a little questionable. Be- because Bill O'Brien, he not he had seemed to coach a pretty decent game. He had to he saw Josh Allen making all these crazy moves. He had to get his stupid Bill O'Brienness out there too. So went for it on fourth and one when they easily could have kicked a field goal or punted and or 
I don't or even know. Anything. Anything. And then it allowed the Bills to score. Who's like, hold on, I'm the dumbest guy on this football field, and I will show you right now. And I think the Bills should have won that game. I think the Bills mm-hmm. got screwed. I'm sorry. You start off that half. That should have been a touchdown, folks. He didn't need. They say he gave himself up. The ref, which is breaking, I'm talking about the opening kickoff, the second half, right? Y'all with me? Oh, yeah. Right, absolutely. The play started things off. The ref is telling him, don't give it to me. Stop. What are you doing? Knee. You didn't fair catch. You didn't knee. And then he throws the ball, and then they pick it up. It was a stupid play. And the rule about giving yourself up, the ref was telling you, do something, he, which was inappropriate. He put his hand up and said, don't give it to me, as he tried to throw it to him. And then he threw it anyway. It should have been uh, 20 nothing bills right away to start. And I know – see, I always find a way to get them involved. But if that play was against the Lions, there's no way it would have been overturned. It would have stood. thousand percent sure. Well, they also got screwed in a very Lions manner with the blindside block call, which – yes. Like, we've talked about how we're sick of refs deciding games. That put them out of field goal range. It's a tough field goal kick anyway. Steven Hauschka, former D2 soccer player at Middlebury, shout out Pimo Soccer. Um, he's getting toward the end of his career. He's won a Super Bowl, but he might not have made that kick. But still, they had a chance to win that game and a ridiculous blindside block just to get the ref inserted into the game took them out of range. Yeah, I was watching that game on the couch with my dad and the rest of my family. And my dad's a very stoic man, a uh, man of few words, but he said the exact same thing that you said. That, what the fuck was that? And the refs are deciding the outcomes of games. Now, I do think we'd be remiss here if we didn't talk about Deshaun Watson's play that ultimately mm. led to them winning because that was insane. It was um, awesome. I mean, I don't know how he stayed on his feet for one of those hits, let alone both of them. And then just kind of the presence of mind to get out of the pocket and scramble and turn what looked like in defining play in that game into pretty much the end of that game. Um, He definitely has a lot of talent, but I just feel like the people around him don't show up when they needed to. Um, Deshaun Watson played really well, but the other stars in that team, DeAndre Hopkins, was pretty quiet. He came up with some, you know, big catches. Um, Will Fuller was out and JJ Watt was milking the crowd for just about everything that it was worth. Dude, it's like not JJ's fault, but I wish he didn't play in that game because of just how annoying ESPN becomes that like they're talking about hardest to block him. Dude, he was playing 50% of snaps. He was not in shape. He had a good game considering, but like just the fact that he became such a storyline when, Everyone else has been there the whole season and still winning without him. It's just, oh, my God. Well, then once he comes in, they had the camera guy on TJ Watt the whole game. They had, like, they had JJ mic'd up. He wasn't even saying anything cool. It just it becomes into a whole dick-sucking fest, and they just throw it at his cock for three hours. I was watching in a bar and didn't have volume, so I missed all of this, which it sounds like it was good. And I, we were I, at one point I was having to be – uh, booger and Joe for the table. We had a Joe and a booger because we had to read the captions as things got really crazy at the end. Um, but I'm kind of glad we missed the JJ Watt love fest. Yeah. Like LeBron uh, James of the NFL for ESPN. 
Yep. It's like watching LeBron James play on a Saturday night on TNT. You just kind of know what's going to happen. If they don't show at least five graphics of how many points LeBron has in comparison to all the other greats, you know something's wrong with the broadcast. Maybe the usual production guy isn't there, or maybe, I don't know, he took a couple Xanax and just forgot. But, um, JJ's yeah. like looking the screen and like make muscles, like, like crushing a football. Let's like, go. Let's go. That's all he can say, dude. That's pretty much the only word in his vocabulary. And it's not his fault. He does, like I don't know. He's he's definitely corny, but he's he's a good guy. But it's just their obsession with him is brutal. Yeah, they both feed off of each other. Is really what happens. And I'm with you. I mean, JJ Watt. That's just who he is. He's not going to change it. He knows who he is. But yeah, it's like once you put that microphone, that little microphone in his jersey, everything just changes. And Luckily, we didn't make this whole conversation just about J.J. Watt. We definitely could have done that, but um, there's a lot of other really good players on display in that game, like Devin Singletary. Uh, that guy's going to be good. Um, whoever the linebacker is for the Bills, I can't remember him, but that guy, he flies around the, the field. The Bills look like they've got a, a good young team that definitely could do some damage in the future, and hopefully they'll win a playoff game in the next couple of years because all those shots that they were showing of just depressed Bills fans, um, for all that the Bills Mafia does, we do forget that the Bills are a bit of a tortured franchise and like to see them get at least a little bit of success at some point. Yeah, they turn out so bad for their, for their fans. Um, I was talking to uh, – to a Bills fan the other day at the bar wearing their Bills jersey after the game. And I went out for the Pats, and they were just so sad. They they were so close, and it got away again. Yeah, it Stop. just finds a way to escape. Like, um, what's that other NFL team that we never really talk about on this podcast? Uh, I think they wear powdered blue. No. <laughs> um, the, Dolphins? The, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's who we talk about all the time, the Dolphins. Yeah. Classic yeah. Dolphins move. Classic. Well, switching over to the other side of things, um, the other overtime game. Did anyone on this podcast see Kirk Cousins going into New Orleans and getting a win? I definitely pre- didn't. Pre- didn't we all have the Saints in the Super Bowl? Yeah. I, I had the Packers, and I only know that because friend of the pod, Lily Bigger, um, actually listened to our whole last podcast and got to the end where we made predictions so on um, new year's day i woke up to the sounds of two girls in robert peruka's room facetiming somebody and i bust in to see who it was lo and behold it was lily who told us that she listened to our whole podcast and in her family pool took my prediction of the Ravens versus the Packers, which is a long way of a giving a shout out to Lily and B saying that, no, I did not pick the saints, but I'm 99% sure that I had the saints playing the Packers. We'll have to have our uh, producer wash Lieberman. um, (laughs) Let us know if that was the case. Yeah, Wash, we'll right she actually texted me asking about that pool, and I would have said the Saints, so I'm glad she listened to you. <laughs> uh, I'm a little offended she didn't text me. Um, she should. Well, know. you're like the funny guy. You're not really the sports mind, you know? Not, oh, I am our NFC. I'm our resident NFC expert. Thank you very much. Uh, but I did also pick the Saints, so maybe not. 
There was no chance in hell I saw Kirk Cousins going in to New Orleans and doing it. But you know what? I liked it. <laughs> I like that. Definitely like the funny that. guy. Definitely the funny guy. <laughs> funny guy. Make us laugh, it. funny guy. <laughs> Tell us a joke. It was great. No, it was great. Um, you know, he he's a good – he's a Spartan, Michigan State Spartan. I don't know if he's from Michigan. I think he's a Michigan boy. Um, no, maybe not. Okay. I'm going to look it up. No, let's look it up. Let's say he is. Have Wash look it up. Wash. Wash. Get on that. Wash. <laughs> but you watch that game, and the Saints look like they're – uh-oh, they're creeping back in. The Vikings are going to blow this. And the Saints just drew a breeze. That fumble uh, with six and a half left, backside in coming behind him, doesn't see him, is holding the ball out for anyone and their mother to come and steal that football, not protecting it. And I know he's got that, um, you know, injury on his hand, but still, no protection. That fumble, you got to take the sack. You can't lose the ball there. And that air went straight out of the stadium and into the Gulf of Mexico. And it was gone, and it didn't come back, folks. And Minnesota is walking to Green Bay. No, that's Seattle. Minnesota San Francisco. is walking to San Francisco. It's crazy that that was Kirk Cousins' best game of his career by yeah. far. That bomb, Thielen, mm-hmm. was the best throw of his career and until the fade, which that was at that point yes. I, I knew what was going to happen. It was going to be classic Kirk Cousins who can never score in the red zone, going to fuck up a throw, and then they were going to kick a field goal and the Saints were going to march down and score. But Kirk Cousins threw a perfect ball and an awesome catch. And it, I think we also need to talk about Drew Brees only having one Super Bowl and making some really questionable decisions over the past few years. The pick to the end of the second half led to three points. That game went to overtime. Yeah. That Really dumb throw. He didn't need to do that. The fumble you already mentioned is really, really dumb. Last year, Saints fans all complain about the the no call, but Brees threw a terrible pick in overtime, and they started with the ball. So it's kind of a pattern, and they they losing this game was a huge, huge mistake. And uh, it's just the Saints are kind of almost there every year, and they they never really pull it off. Yeah, even the year that they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um, I can't off the top of my head tell you who the Super Bowl MVP was. It might have been Drew Brees, but that's not a game that they won without that onside kick and that Tracy Porter interception. Those were the defining plays of that game. And, you know, Drew Brees has all these records, but I think it brings up a bigger question. Maybe we get into it. Maybe we don't. Who knows what our listeners care about. But do, do records like that, have any importance if they don't translate to Super Bowls? Would you rather be Tom Brady with six Super Bowls and be at the top near all those records? Or would you rather be Drew Brees where you have all these records but only one Super Bowl? I know for myself, I would much rather have the rings than all the records. Definitely. 100%. Like he, the, well, the, the fact that Eli has two is so insane. But, like, yeah, you can talk about Eli versus Drew and – and Drew has made some big mistakes. I call him Drew. We're on a first name. Yeah. Um, also, fun fact about that Super Bowl. I was looking at the Wikipedia of it recently. Guess who caught a touchdown that Super Bowl for the Saints? A tight end. Oh. Um, 
Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to guess Benjamin Watson. So No, Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey. What? Yeah. Wow, Shockey. He was a great fantasy draft pickup in early Madden days, like Madden yeah. was six. Yeah, he was always like a free agent, which was just yeah. great for your Amazing. team because it didn't affect your cap room. So, no. Oh, great. Yeah. Shout out 06 Madden Jeremy Shockey. Um, if you're listening, we'd love to get you on the pod. Um, also, <laughs> Wash is telling me that Kirk Cousins is actually from Illinois. So close, Midwest. but no cigar. Midwest boy. Midwest. Touching on that game. Okay, we got to talk about it, folks. I mean, if I'm an Aints fan, holy shit. They changed the NFL rules because you lose your playoff game on a clear pass interference that shouldn't have been, that should have been called, right? This time, you lose on a pretty damn clear pass interference that should have at least been reviewed, and they didn't even review it. They, re- they off, reviewed it. They definitely reviewed it. They didn't review it officially. They it was went up a, to the booth. Really? Yes, they did not review it. They called mm. down the field, said it's a good touchdown. They did not take time to review it. They, did the, they look at every scoring play, and they say right. it doesn't need further review. They did not look at it for further review. And if you're not gonna, The reason they did it is because they didn't want to touch it. Because it was a freaking push-off. And for whatever reason, I, the theory was, oh, let's not overturn it. Even though it's the Saints, and they got kind of screwed again. That They did so many things that lost in that game besides that. But to lose on that call when the new rule was put in place to prevent exactly that in big playoff situations. And it was just another example of the horrid NFL officiating. Um, that we've seen throughout the season. I thought that play was pretty bang, bang. And I would have been pretty pissed if they overturned it because it was awesome. And I don't know. The Saints just blew it in every other way. I can't, I can't have any sympathy. You got to at least call for a review. He pushed off. I agree. There's a thousand other things that lost in that game. But the, you extended his left arm. He pushed off. He straightened up his elbow. He's a much bigger receiver at, as a tight end on the corner. That's a that's a push off, and I don't think it was enough um, to to maybe call it. But you got to look at it, and then I even look at it. I wouldn't have been upset if they overturned it. I think we talk a lot on this podcast. We have talked in this episode about referees deciding games, and I think that would have been an example of a referee deciding a game, even if the Saints didn't go on to win that. I'm with Lee. It's a bang, bang play. You know, put somebody bigger on him. Get somebody else on him. Double team him. I mean, he had single coverage. It was a really well-thrown ball from Kirk Cousins. Did he push off a little bit? Yes. But doesn't that happen on literally every single NFL play? I think for the refs to come in there, take it back based off of something that happened last year would almost be too much for me as an NFL fan to watch. What's off of last year, it's – just review the play. You put the rule in for a big time play like this. Um, they, they, this the Vikings deserve to win that game, thousand percent. Yeah. But if I was a Saints fan, and I'm sure because they love complaining, I'm sure they're really pissed about it. I haven't listened to Bayou Radio, but I'm sure they're really angry. Good thing they have the Tigers. Go Tigers. Bro, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah. So, well, do we even want to talk about the Seahawks-Seattle? I do. I love this. Eagles game. Okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'll quickly say this. Russell Wilson's magic. Okay? He's absolutely magic. So fun to watch. 
The Seahawks could very well end up being in the Super Bowl. They're just a, a fighting team. Pete Carroll, I, the momentum he he creates by chewing gum so hard translates to his linebackers. Okay, you heard it here first because they fly around the field. There's the tough defense. They're fast. They're quick. They're great sideline to sideline. And then you have Russell doing the same thing at quarterback. It's like the linebackers and quarterback in Seattle are just so fast and good and agile. And they're just hard to beat because they fly everywhere across the field. And the Seahawks are fun to watch. Philly, they almost did it. McCown played an incredible game. Josh McCown at 40 was coaching high school three weeks ago. That'd be awesome watch your high school coach like in the playoffs. <laughs> played in an amazing game. But uh, Seattle, man, watch them. They, they can make another run here. Hope they beat Green Bay. I do too, but they did let a 40-year-old JV coach kind of march down the field on them, and they couldn't really, not break. They, could, they couldn't get much going against a pretty beat-up, really, really beat-up, a shell of a team. And I was – Never thought that I would be rooting for the Eagles, but I was really rooting for the Eagles um, because that would have been really awesome if McCown pulled that off. And he, he did play really well. Um, but they were just too much. And, of course, Wentz gets hurt this game, of course, after everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Seattle – Russell Wilson's so good. But, I mean, they, they should have been more convincing in that game, I thought. I agree with you, Lee. I thought DK Metcalf looked really good. Uh, Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson – but outside of that, they just really didn't impress me as a team. This is a team that at the start of the season looked unreal. And I know they've had some injuries too, um, but they're kind of a team over the past, we'll say month, month and a half, that's really kind of been trending down in terms of the quality of mm-hmm. football that they've been playing. I think the Eagles would have won that game if Carson Wentz had stayed in um, or not been hurt. So it's hard for me to sit here and think that the Seahawks, especially as a – fan who isn't completely and totally biased against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers um, to go into Lambeau Field and get a win. Uh, We've seen crazier things happen in the NFL, but that one to me just doesn't seem possible. I'm looking to see Aaron Rodgers throw for like 300 yards and Aaron Jones just run all over that depleted Seattle defense. The Eagles uh, would have absolutely had a better chance if Carson didn't get hurt. But the, Hot take, the Seahawks, Jerry. Hot take. The Seahawks play to their opponent, and they would have played better if Carson Wentz came back in the game. That's all they do. They are going to beat Green Bay. They're going to make a run. Green Bay fucking sucks. They're a bullshit team and a fucking shitty organization, and this isn't biased at all. They fucking <laughs> suck, and I hate all their fans. This isn't biased. Aaron Rodgers is the fucking worst person in the NFL. It's not biased at all, okay? And I hate their whole franchise. This isn't biased, all right? Go Seahawks. It's not biased. I, I'm worried that Green Bay has a – imagine if Minnesota knocks off San Francisco and it's Green Bay, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins versus the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. Wow. Or, or, scenario. or Seattle, the fifth and sixth seed. Seattle could end up hosting a playoff game. Wow. That would be sick. I would have to go to that game, right? As a resident yeah, Seahawks definitely. fan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, is the B team slash Pony Pal going to subsidize my ticket, or is that all on me? Mostly Pony Pal. Mostly B team. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk to our producer. We'll see what he can do. But uh, yeah, we'll see. What Wash says. Yeah. <laughs> Wash. Wash is bad. 
All right, the, the last game. Let's talk about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Sorry, if you didn't see it coming, this, this year was different. It was – Yeah. Well, there was the whole Patriots and Foxborough thing, but, like, they had to win that Miami game, and they couldn't. So when I saw that happen, I was like, we're probably going to lose to the Titans. I wasn't surprised at all at the loss. I was shocked that they did not let them score an offensive touchdown and an offensive point in the second half, and they couldn't score one field goal. And it just seemed like that last drive was going to happen, and then Edelman dropped it. And I think the Patriots tried to be two Patriots. They tried to stick to the old Patriot systems of of punting. They always would punt there with three minutes uh, for the past 20 years, they always would do that. And then this year when they did it, I was like, come on, you got to go for it on fourth down. This year's different. They didn't, and uh, they deserve to be out. And Tennessee's pretty good, and they have – it's going to be a better game against Baltimore. And, um, good riddance. Good riddance. Speaking of the Patriots doing Patriots Goodbye. things, Bye. how <laughs> Patriot-esque was that – one minute and 45 second punt fiasco that they did at the end of the fourth quarter. That was unreal. It's crazy. I was at uh, the Jets game this year where Bill Belichick did that exact thing that Vrabel did on Saturday. And Vrabel saw him do it earlier in the season and did the exact same thing to kill kill it. And it was crazy. He just wanted the clock to run out. Um, They found a way to stop Derrick Henry in the second half. And they did like the Patriots like, formula to win that game they did they made the halftime adjustments all they needed was one field goal and tom brady and his ragtag bunch of receivers couldn't get it done yeah that um drive at the end of the second two where they got stopped and ended up kicking a field goal that was big that was was big huge just in terms of momentum um i don't know what the score would have been but 17 to 7 instead of 13 to 7 does that sound right uh yes, that's that's right. Yeah, the the way that Ryan Tannehill was playing, it you know, it didn't matter if Derrick Henry ran for two hundred and seventy yards. It just felt like if they had scored there they probably it, Yeah, it, they couldn't have relied as heavily on him. So I thought that mm-hmm. was a massive play, but um I'm with you, Lee. I think Jerry, given his lack of bias, you know, no maybe we'll beg to differ. But um I think we all kind of saw this one coming. It just didn't have the same feel of the past Patriots teams, um, not just because they lost to the Dolphins, but some of the games that they lost down the stretch mm-hmm. and the manner that they did. Um, but that does bring up a question, and I would love to kind of get some insight from you. What do you see as the future of this Patriots team? Because I think anyone who's sitting here and saying that the Patriots dynasty is over is a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. They're... I don't know what they're going to do with, with Brady. He wants a lot of money. He sold, he put his house in the market. He stepped down from his favorite charity in Boston, and he says he's openly going to test it. So I think it's kind of in his hands, and it seems like he wants to leave. What, what is his favorite uh, charity? Uh, I think it was Best Buddies. He was like the president. And oh, that's actually really great. That's cool. I thought yeah. it was Holy Shirts and Pants. but Yeah, it was, it was that one. And they used, they did lots of uh, images of basically like Nick Saban ironing uh, Jim Harbaugh's pants, things like. Um, in twenty twenty head. But he, if he walks, 
the Patriots defense is still championship caliber. I mean, they did everything they could in that game. They, they're, they have uh, Van Noy and McCourty are free agents. If they were to bring in, if Bill Belichick was to bring in a Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers, I don't know, one-year rental, they could go for it with this defense and see what happens. Um, I don't think it's, it's over. I think there's a good chance Brady's back. But the team's good enough to still be doing this with Jared Stidham as quarterback next year. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> yeah. I hope it changes. I definitely don't think there's going to be too much change in the power dynamic. Um, I mean, if you look at the team, and I, I know you know the Patriots, but if you look at the team at the beginning of the season when they had Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown, that team, regardless of if Josh Gordon's still in the NFL or not, definitely can get it done. I mean, they just didn't have the receiving threat. Um, the lack of Gronk definitely hurt him. Anytime you've got Matt Lacoste as your starting yeah. tight end, as <laughs> so a Broncos fan, right. I've been there. He was on the yeah. Broncos. I remember. Oh, um, he was? Yeah, dude. He was on the Broncos wow. back when, like. He, he can't uh, block and he can't catch. He can't do anything. I don't know how he plays in the NFL. I think he just yeah. has, like, the name to be in the NFL. You see it and you're like, oh, he probably plays like a Buick Lacoste. We'll put him on our team. And he does play like a Buick Lacrosse. He's fucking terrible, dude. But. I think if they had the proper tools around Tom Brady, um, because if you think about it, it wasn't so much Sony Michelle or the run game's fault. It was that there's nobody to throw to. I mean, he's pretty much throwing at um, yeah, the, what, Nikhil Harry and, and Edelman, and that was it. The run game was really bad there. I mean, a huge thing was losing Gronk last year from last year because he's a good run blocker. The fullbacks, both fullbacks were out for the season, and the center had a blood clot in his lung, so we had our backup center run game and michelle might be a bust he kind of yeah stopped. yeah but i mean he, you know he might be a bust but he won a super bowl so he won a super bowl i don't know um, if he'll care but yeah they just it's the most disappointing thing was there was a point in this season where i thought they were going to go 19 and 0 when they had antonio brown mm-hmm. the best defense in the league and josh gordon and it just looked unstoppable and then it just all fell apart so quickly and the defense played great the whole year um it's a shame because honestly this is probably a better defense than anyone that's won the super bowl in the past six years it's just the offense was so bad that they couldn't make up for it where do so, you see brady next year read my mind la chargers oh you think chargers i think rams i could see him going to the rams oh, they okay. just they have no money they have no money oh. but what if they are somehow able to trade away jared goff I just, How would they do that? Uh, because I don't – I agree. There's no way Brady goes anywhere that isn't California. Um, but I don't see him going to the Chargers because the Chargers aren't that good. And Imagine, though, if he had Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. He loves Austin Eckler types. That Brady is twisting his nips thinking about throwing <laughs> Austin Eckler out of the backfield on the screen. Eckler! <laughs> and then they have Joe Bosa and Melvin Ingram and pretty good front seven on defense. Derwin James is nasty when he's healthy. Okay. All right. Take away I mean, the Chargers need them more than any other need him more than any other team in the league to get asses in the seats. And take away Phillip Rivers' picks and put in the king of not throwing bad interceptions, the king of game managing with good talent, Tom Brady. That's so, a recipe for a contender. 
what do you do when he's there? Like, how many tears do you shed when you see him walk out in a Chargers jersey? And is he still Honestly, I don't I'll, – I'll be excited. I haven't seen anything else. It's been – since I was five, it's been only Tom Brady, aside from Matt Castle that one year when he tore his ACL. I'm, I'm ready to see him somewhere else. It would be cool to see him in, in Charger blue with no fans there and playing in a shitty soccer stadium. And yeah, maybe we'll be sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll be, they'll be at the new place. Oh, you're right. You're right. And that's why they need him because there's a lot of seats there. And there's nobody except away fans at the soccer stadium. StubHub Center. StubHub Center, Center, for those who are wondering. Go Galaxy. Galaxy? (laughs) Uh, You're on the wrong side of El Trafico, as they call it down there in L.A. Um, LAFC. 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 I know you wanted to do a little uh, blank, blank, blank reference there, Jerry, with the fighting Trojan eyes or something. uh, (laughs) Fighting gingerbread houses. (laughs) We already steal a lot of our references from other podcasts, so let's try and stick to the sports podcast stolen references. Yeah, stick to it, Jerry. Yep, yep. Wow, Um, we actually – we just had – as we look ahead to the playoffs, we had somebody come in the room whose team is a favorite to win. And oh. he's our very resident Ravens fan. Guys? Is Robert it Mikey Peruka. from Green Bay? Robert? Is it our friend Mikey from Green Bay? It's, uh, no, it's our friend uh, Robert. As we look ahead now, we're just talking about Brady. How far, how sure are you the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl? Pretty damn positive. It honestly scares me a little bit. We've always been an underdog. I, I kind of, I don't like feeling like a Patriot fan right now. Just knowing yeah. we'll win. Hey, when you're this confident, though, it, we're, we're, I'm still about 500. You know, I think we're going to win every year, and it happened half the time. So I don't see how the Ravens can lose. Well, I'm pretty confident. I was looking at flights today to go to Baltimore to, to, to hug everyone in Baltimore in a night of unity. I have two words why the Ravens could lose, and that you're going to be right with your 50%. It's going to be next year. Sorry. I just touched Robert. Kind of hit him accidentally. Pat Mahomes. Dude, Lamar's better. It's Mahomes' time. No, but uh, I'm pretty fucking confident. I think we got this in the bag, and Lamar's going to go down as the greatest quarterback. Dual threat quarterback of all time. You guys can have Tom as the big white boy stands there and tosses the brick. But we're talking about double trouble. No one's got anything on Lamar. Probably never will. Why don't you tell us about the last AFC championship game you went to? Yeah, Billy Billy Cunt Dick. <laughs> I don't like to talk about that too much, but I did take a bus with three of my buddies, seniors in high school from Baltimore. We met at this park and ride at probably about 1 a.m. Where was this? To go from Baltimore to go to New England to mm. watch Flacco take down Brady, and he should have. We, we, we had the momentum. Lee Evans, horrible name. Lee Evans uh, <laughs> dropped a Great pass. Receiver. Very good first name. If Very some, good career. He did have a good career, but he had the game-winning touchdown in the end zone. We all thought he had it. Then he dropped it because some dude literally flicked the ball. He didn't hold it at all. Like a Patriots cornerback touched it, fell out. So then I was in the upper decks with all the other Ravens fans, the shittiest tickets. We're like, all right, whatever. Like, we'll kick this 32-yard field goal. No big deal. Might have even been shorter. And uh, it couldn't have been a worse whiff. And that was very depressing, especially the bus ride back. 
all Ravens fans. Yeah, you took a bus? Although two guys, two Ravens fans, this was the best part. It made me feel a little better. These two fat dudes, these bald guys, were completely painted head to toe. One guy was in gold paint, the other guy was in purple, wearing like Speedos. And they had to sit on this bus for like eight or nine hours on their way back. Did they have to share a seat? Could they fit on the same seat? Or did they just kind of take a whole row up? Oh, it was like a, it was a it was a coach bus of so two seats on each side. Okay, and they they fit. I don't know. I don't know, dude. It was sad. And, uh, was was tears running the purple mascara? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was actually one of the worst uh, whiffs in history. So the Ravens this past week they had they had these two things: the the top ten worst moments of the last decade and the top ten best moments. And number one worst moment was Billy Cundis kick after, like, Ray Rice and all that shit. Um, Billy Cundis <laughs> That was on there. They posted that as, like, one of the worst moments. You're like, obviously, that was really bad. Um, but number one was Billy Cundis kick. The number one best moment, Pimo, I was, I was at this game. Uh, yeah. Mile High Miracle, best moment of my life. And then double overtime win. It was fantastic. So I've seen, I've seen the spectrum. You've seen the ups and downs. The worst moment, Billy Cundiff, Billy Cunt Dick, as we like to refer to him. Yeah. And, uh, and look, Jack Flacco to Jacoby Jones. Look, guys, as Ravens, Broncos, Patriots, and Lions fans, we've all been there. You know, we know <laughs> the ups and downs. We all know what it's like. So, you ever I get it. Story about your your sickness after the. I, I had when you beat us up Monday night, <laughs> and I had food poisoning in college. Uh, was after Justin Tucker. <laughs> Nailed a 59-yarder in Ford Fields, um, and we had a ton of people in our room watching the game. And right as he kicked the field goal, I started to feel really sick. And I thought I was just very upset about the game and kind of shoot everyone out of my room and proceeded, though, to not feel any better. And I know what Lions' grief is, and this one was really hanging over me. Well, it turned out the school had some bad meat that week. And um, I had a burger the day before, and I was experiencing what turned into the worst night of my life. Uh, very, very bad food poisoning. Lion season um, ended. Lion season ended on that day. Uh, it was one of the worst, one of the worst evenings of my life. Um, and yeah, that did happen. Was, was that on the top ten list? That kick made the Ravens top ten. My memories from football. And Didn't college. even make the Ravens top ten list. God. Jerry, considering what your moment of the decade was, I wouldn't be surprised if that kick made the Lions top ten list. Like, hey, we had a shot this season, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the last episode for moment of the decade. It's good. Yeah, good. All right, let's look ahead. Uh, All right, big trust, big trust. Thanks so much, Robert. Ravens for, for to the ball. Yeah, thanks go. for stopping by. Stopping by, Robert. Great production value here. That's why we do it, guys. That's why. That was a good job, our producer. Well. Well, Stanwick, no. Debbie plays, Wasserman Schultz. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah, yeah, she's a great producer. Was, uh, Wasserman Schultz, twenty twenty eight. Yeah, DWS. Wasserman she, Schultz, Buttigieg, uh, twenty twenty eight. She brought in Robert Peruka, a uh, great Ravens fan. Um, so again, just our producers doing a great job to get us top tier talent. And yeah, uh, I mean, in the coming weeks, I think we're gonna have former CC mascot Prowler on the show. Right? Yeah. Um, if I'm able to somehow finagle it, we'll be able to get, um, backup punter. This is a, this is a bad look to get him on the podcast. I can't even remember his name, but it'll come to me. Jerry's working to get Benny Fowler yeah. slash Jonas Gray on the pod. So just oh, yeah. all your favorite sports stars. And then the waterfall. Absolutely. Hey, 
Benny Fowler's still playing, right? Yeah, he is. He's for the Giants. I'll the Giants. Hell yeah. Yeah, hit Legend. him up. Legend. You guys um, keep in touch, right? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Talk on Pony Pal? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're Pony Pals, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first one, so perfect. First Pony Pal. Um, let's look ahead. Cue the um, dramatic music. In the background, playoff picks. Bum, bum. Who do you guys got? And the first matchup of the weekend, which is, of course, <laughs> the matchup we all can't wait to see, which is, of course, that Vikings 49ers matchup. Who do you guys got? Um, fuck. Kind of a tough one. I feel like you gotta pick the Niners, them playing at home. But after what the Vikings did last weekend, I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be a close one. I see that one coming down to a last second field goal. Um, couldn't tell you who the kicker on either team is. But Robbie Gold and no. Kai. No. no, Robbie Gold, Blair Walsh. No, no definitely not Blair Walsh. <laughs> it's Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. Uh, Robbie Gold for both teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are we putting down there, Pimo? Either team? Okay, Vikings or 49ers. Ballsy. I'll give you that. Thanks. Yeah. I uh, can't be right or wrong. One of those two which teams is nice. But um, gun to my head, I'm saying 49ers by a field goal. All right. I think it's going to be really, really close as well, um, especially if Dalvin Cook can go off, which I think he can. Um, I don't know. I, after the Vikings, I, I, I don't want to, like, get fully buy into them after last week, but, like, I don't. I still think the 49ers are frauds. I've been saying it all year, but I'd be an idiot not to pick them. Let's do it, Nick. All right, I'll pick Vikings. I'll pick Vikings. Yeah, let's do it. I'm with you, Vikings. Vikings. Yeah, they've got the they've got magic right now. Vikings. 49ers are frauds. I love it. Kirk, let's ride this train. We're gonna look so dumb when Jimmy Garoppolo puts up 40 and Kirk Cousins throws six picks. (laughs) 42 to 14 final. Yeah. <laughs> Cousins left midway through the third quarter because they benched him. Um, Titans Ravens, that night game on Saturday. It's an interesting matchup, but I mean, come on. Yeah, I think we could probably go on to the next one. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I actually, obviously, uh, obviously I, bought, I bought Bruins Islanders tickets in Brooklyn during that game because yeah. I was waiting to see what the game would be. And uh, that's not one that I'm going to miss a hockey game for. So, no. uh, I'll keep an eye on it. The Titans, if Derrick Henry rushes for 300 yards, will win. That's yeah, definitely. Hit that over. <laughs> Smash that over, Jerry Bedipotamus. Um, yeah. no, a little Brooklyn. side comment here. How's that barn in Brooklyn looking? I know it's a, a new one out there. I I don't know. I haven't been. You haven't uh, been to the Islanders barn? Okay. No, I'm, I'm going to hit both of their barns uh, in the next two months, I believe. There's one in Brooklyn and one farther down in Long Island, the Coliseum apparently is rowdy this is like the less fun one but uh mm. we'll report back on next week's episode about about this barn sounds well, great man if just one more thing on that game say Tannehill somehow wins this game okay and he knocks out brady and then jackson is this not one of the greatest comebacks ever from a quarterback i think it already is because he it did the contract year when his career was looking to be a waste and now he just made himself millions and millions of dollars and whatever happens in the rest of his career 
look back on what he did. I'm so pissed he has more playoff wins than Stafford. So pissed. Wow. Anyway. That's tough, dude. Anyway. That is tough. Anyway. You know who else has more playoff wins than Matty Stafford? Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Why are you kicking me? Um, Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Why not Sanchez? Trent uh, Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Brad Johnson. All right, we can go on to something else. This is getting depressing even. Dilfer's dimes. Joe uh, Webb. round. Texans, Chiefs, Sunday, the early game. Texans I, beat the Chiefs earlier this year. Mm. The Chiefs are going to beat the shit out of the Texans. Yeah. This yeah, I've, has worse games than last weekend. I know, right? I know. That's how I feel, too. I feel like that first game, the Vikings-Niners, is going to be the best one. After that, it kind of seems like the games are already written. No, I, I think this next game is actually going to be good. But, yeah, Chiefs. Yeah. Go Chiefs. Chiefs All are right. actually my team here on out. I'll, I'll tell you this, Jerry. That next game will be good if Marshawn Lynch runs for over 80 yards. Not 100, 80 yards. That's 80? all it will take from my perspective for that to be a good game. I think the X factor is actually Homer, the other running Homer. I don't know yep. his first name. I yep. think it's like yep. an Iliad Odyssey type deal. It's just one name. Um, so I think it depends on the Seattle running game. But it should be good. But the Packers are going to win. Seattle on the road, upset victory. Seattle, Minnesota, Seattle hosts. Crazy. Are you talking about uh, Travis Homer? Travis Homer. Okay. Yep. Mm. Thanks to our producer, Fawn Leibowitz, we were able to get that one in and um, just kind of figure it out. So thanks a lot, Fawn, for all you do for this show. Just unbelievable. I'd like to explain that reference to listeners. Fawn Leibowitz <laughs> is the girl in Animal House who uh, one of the frat brothers looks up and finds. Otter. Otter. Otter looks up and finds his deceased and goes to her sorority pretending to be her fiance and then gets other girls to come out with him because he's so sad over the loss of his fiance. So what a deep cut there. Um, pretty fucked up. Good deep cut. Very well, but really, really deep cut. Well, she died in a kiln accident, if I remember myself. And Jerry fancies himself as kind of a pottery guy. So I just figured it tied in a little bit there. Jerry, how has your pottery been going? It's been going good. I appreciate you guys asking. Um, you, know, you know, I just got that uh, new kiln for uh, the upstairs. So I've been rocking that really like, it's just my, it's my therapy. You, you call it Val Kilmer, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, of course. And um, I, I'm just, I'm just happy to be back pottering in my life. So also, if you're really listening attentively, you, you probably noticed it's week nine or so, and I'm off the mic. My mic didn't work. Lee still, his mic's, his, uh, he's It's, it's on the way. It's in the mail. It's on the way. And Pimo, it probably sounded very pure. He was our NPR host for the day. Yeah. No, I, that's what I do. Um I just try and make my voice sound really good to compensate for the rest of me. Um, But well guys, it's been a blast. Um, I think before we call it here, we got to thank all of our Instagram followers who got our Instagram account to over a hundred followers. Yeah. Followers. Um, Mm -hmm. Just couldn't be more thrilled. Honestly. I mean, that's what life's about these days is how many followers you have on Instagram. And how many do we have? Um, doing a live check right now, 
but I believe it is uh, 105. 105. Ooh, and uh, oh, oh, no, sorry. 104. Looks like those uh, Chinese bots are not happy that we haven't paid them, so uh, yeah. I have to talk to somebody about that. The end of the month, I just made it like you made the B team, and like your daddy's wife, you making a cough. You heard the AT alien, so back the hell up off. Softly as if I play piano in the dark. Found a way to channel my anger, not to involve. The world's a stage, and everybody got to play their part. God works in mysterious ways, so when He starts the job of speaking through us, we be so sincere with this here. No drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear as day. Put my block away, I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition, so I'm ready for war. Okay. Hold your hands in the air. And wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say oh yeah girl. Now throw your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit Everybody let me hear you say oh yeah girl.